Medicare is complicated. Medicare can be confusing. Medicare is no fun to study. Will you know what decisions to make when Medicare time arrives for you? My name is Doug Jones, and I wrote a book to help you figure it all out. Medicare for the Lazy Man. It's on sale at Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. Also, you can download and listen to my podcast, Medicare for the Lazy Man, wherever fine podcasts are given away free of charge. Medicare for the Lazy Man, simplest and easiest guide ever. Fresh from a not-so-Super Bowl halftime show, it's the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. The hot-rodding podcast that proves there's no replacement for displacement. He takes a half hour to cook minute rice. It's Medicare expert, Doug Jones. Well, hello again, ladies and gentlemen. It is another exciting episode of the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. As you might have just heard, I am your Medicare expert or your Medicare specialist, Doug Jones, and I'm here to make you feel good about Medicare as much as anybody can feel good about a huge government program that's a giant anchor on the economy, And uh, but it will make you feel good about the amount of uh, protection against financial disaster. And the cost of that protection is going to be pretty reasonable. So once again, I will say, I hope you feel good about Medicare. That's my reason for being here. And one of the ways I convey that good feeling, that that warm, fuzzy Medicare feeling is through my book, Medicare for the Lazy Man. The 2022 edition is the one that's out right now, but 2023 is coming soon. What you want to do is go to Amazon and search for Medicare for the Lazy Man and find the book with the either the green 2022 or the upcoming orange 2023 and uh, then you will have the opportunity to select your your uh, version of it we've got a hardcover that is suitable for christmas gifting that would fit right into somebody's stocking uh, we have the paperback which seems to be the much more popular uh, the one that's purchased most often we've got a kindle which is uh, the most reasonably priced version of the book at $3.80. And then we have an Audible book within which uh, you will find the, the dulcet tones that you're hearing right now reading the book to you so that you don't even have to really exercise your eyeballs. And I don't know what the price is for that, but it's uh, six-ish dollars, I think. And uh, they will shoot that to you electronically uh pronto just as soon as you tell them that that's the version of the book you want so it's um frankly my gift to humankind to offer up medicare for the lazy man because the people who have read the book consistently tell me that it's a nice way to learn about medicare it's not stressful it's not uh, a lengthy tome it's not a research tome i was looking at my bookshelf the other day medicare for dummies you know you'd think that would be a fun read about medicare but it's something like, like 425 pages of research it is like a research uh tool like a an encyclopedia almost so it's got all the wonderful facts that you need to know 
but it's not a good read with a beginning and a middle and an end. So I suggest uh, probably putting the idea of getting Medicare for Dummies back on the shelf and purchasing Medicare for the lazy man. So what we have here is a another episode of the podcast in which we tackle some Medicare subjects, but I can't do it by myself. I'm just not capable of handling it by myself. So this is when I ask Randy Carson to join me. He's our podcast engineer. He makes it sound really, really good when I screw things up. Good morning, Randy. Hey, Doug. How are, how are things? Oh, it's awesome. That's I had a good, good weekend. Year. We had we had we had a lot of holiday obligations over the weekend, so it was a busy weekend, but it ultimately turned out very, very nice. We Good. got to see a lot of people that we don't see, you know, all that often. And for some reason, it it we normally one of our things in the neighborhood is we had we build we have a, a gingerbread house building competition. You're kidding! So it's so, real gingerbread. Is that what I'm hearing here? Yeah, yeah, real gingerbread. And uh, I obviously do not participate in the construction phase. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I am I am one of the many year after year seated judges. Oh, okay. And uh, so I just I just prepare by imbibing on many many different types of alcoholic beverages in preparation for my vote. And uh, are you able to focus properly uh, by the time the voting starts? Yes, yes, I am. And I also let it be known that I can be bought. Oh, okay. Well, that's always good. (laughs) Because when, you know, when your neighbors that are so inclined are offering bribes, uh, you're probably the first one to have your hand out, huh? Yeah. Now, I I will say, now this uh, particular thing in the neighborhood has been going on for, I don't know, five, six, seven years. Uh huh. And in the initial days or the, the initial years, the gender, probably the gingerbread houses were very, very basic. As in, you know, well, I don't, know, I don't even know how to tell you how basic they were. But like uh, an Abraham was, Lincoln log cabin or something. Yeah, one it, was, it was one room Abraham Lincoln sort of house. There was no logs. There was nothing. You might, if you were lucky, you got some frosting on the roof that looked like kind of like snow and some maybe some gumdrops oh, but now i'm i kid you not these people are showing up you know it's kind of we've added people over the years as to uh you know wh- who's uh, going to participate and the the people are showing up now i mean they're showing up with architects and you know i mean many many other things that we've never had and from a judge's perspective doug it's getting way too freaking difficult to judge that's that's what happens uh some of the wives around here when we get together with neighbor couples they um go overboard and so we had to lay down rules uh for our you know every few days we get together at somebody's house for a few cocktails and it was getting to be longer and longer and longer and then they started serving from hors d'oeuvres it went to cooked meals and then i i could see you know full turkeys coming uh, thanksgiving every couple of days (laughs) and this it's amazing how the competition for hostess of the week or hostess of the year gets out of control and so uh mary put her foot down, you know, all right, here are the rules. And she just dictated a bunch of rules. And now when we're over at somebody's house, 
and that that time limit has you know come come to the uh, uh, like the two hours we try to keep it to about two hours people start looking at each other and then they look at Mary and wondering if she's going to go off on them or not. And, and uh, it really does keep things under control. And so I'm sure it's the equivalent of your gingerbread house expansion. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If, if left uncontrolled, God knows what would happen to these people are just, uh, you know, yeah. the competition is what drives it, I guess. Uh, I'm telling you, it's, 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 I don't know next year. I don't know how I'm going to judge anything because there was uh, there's always a first, second, and third place. Uh-huh. It doesn't matter how many people are, are you know entering their house. Sure. There's a first, second, third place, and a loser. Well, if you can be bought, <laughs> it should be easy to figure out who's going to be in first well, place. There, there is that possibility. Um, you know, I I've thought about it so far. I've walked the straight and narrow, but that may not always happen. Because last couple of years, I've got to tell you, my wife has been a little bit peeved at me because she was not up in the running. Oh, no. Oh, boy. She doesn't know how to bribe you yet properly? Uh, well, next year, I I think she will give it some thought. So, so far, she's been playing it straight. But I don't think, you, you know, there's a lot of things in life you just can't play totally straight because other people aren't. Well, I understand that completely. Um, what I was going to say, since you were talking about neighbors, is I had an experience last night that should have been an eye-opener. And I wish I had learned this important fact many, many decades ago when I was younger. But I learned last night how to make women happy. And it's something that's escaped me for a long, long time. Uh, what happened was we went to a snooty, carefree Arizona restaurant with a neighbor couple. and uh, yeah. Uh, these people are always busy when they come into town, so we don't have as time, much time to get together with them as we would like to. So last night, we made it a point. We're going to go to this restaurant and have a good meal and everything. And we had a very pleasant waitress. So um, at the end of the meal, uh, the the husband of the other couple uh, took out some money and and put it, uh, you know, on the, the plate. And she and he said, uh, OK, which of you two is the uh, the math whiz? And so Mary pointed at me that I'm the math whiz. And so I was trying to engage in conversation and figure out my share of the check and the tip. And so um, when I did all of that, uh, gave the credit card, I kept his cash. I gave the credit card to the lady, uh, came back, and uh, I added the tip and uh, gave it to her. And they're still talking and talking and talking. And I'm still uh, wondering if I did everything correctly. And all of a sudden, danger sign, the waitress is back at the table. And uh, I said, uh, oh, are you here to interrupt my story? And she said, no, I'm here to thank you. You're such a wonderful guy. Thank you so much for coming to eat with us tonight. And I'll look forward to your next visit. And uh, then she ran away. Well, in the car on the way home, I realized that I had given a gigantic tip <laughs> accidentally but it made her so happy i knew that something was wrong when here's a woman that i've had a business dealing with cordial as it was and uh all of a sudden she's just so darn happy to see me there's something wrong with this picture and it turned out to be my faulty mathematics you're you're not the guy that i read about on facebook this morning are you oh what was that there was, there was somebody now, granted, I don't know who this was, and it probably makes no difference as to who it was. But this was a company, um, a company gathering for the holiday, 
And they the all I saw on Facebook was a you know a picture of the check or you know the the ticket, whatever you want to call it. And the initial bill was twelve, I don't know, twenty-two thousand dollars, I guess. Holy crap. And the guy who bless his heart, and I wished I, I think I need to go into the wait staff business because he left this obviously a wonderful wait staff. I don't know if it was one person or multiples, but uh-huh. he left them a twelve thousand dollar tip. Wow. And we're pretty sure that was more generous than just twenty percent of the bill, huh? Yeah. So was this you? No, was it wasn't me. I would have been sitting uh, in the morgue <laughs> right now with a bullet hole in my head had that been me. With with Mary looking after you, going, "What? What? What? What were you thinking, Doug?" Exactly. In this case, she was uh, pleased with my generosity, and I said, "Believe me, it wasn't intentional." So it wasn't me. I wasn't that generous. Although it does remind me that uh, every once in a while, the uh, agent the talent agent for jimmy kimmel uh adam carolla john um the uh, uh news guy um the yeah, yeah, yeah. comedian news guy so all of these guys he's got all these uh these uh performers in his stable of talent and every once in a while he gets them all together for a big raucous dinner at a nice restaurant and everything else but the guy likes to smoke like you and I used to smoke. And so he'll go outside uh, the restaurant to smoke. And then they concoct ways of spending his money, of inflating the check. <laughs> they'll buy drinks for the whole restaurant, or they'll order giant um, displays of food that only, uh, you know, a, a, a drunk whack job would order. But uh, these yeah. things, I don't know. They're like fish. Uh, every kind of fish in the world comes on one platter and stuff. They order that for every oh, table in the restaurant. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they spend a lot of time trying to figure out how to spend this guy's money while he's outside smoking. I would quit smoking at that time. I, I would not be uh, making myself the target. But that, uh, Well, you know, maybe, maybe uh, if he's so far down the pike in terms of drinking, maybe he doesn't remember. Well, he remembers when he gets that bill. So, <laughs> no, but you know, we contribute to it because we're taxpayers and frankly, it's uh, all deductible, uh, travel and entertainment. That's one of my favorite categories there of you, deductibility. There you go. Hey, we well, ought to get, get down to business in, here. I was what do you say, think? In my role of, you know, nominal producer here, yep, yep. I, I need to move us on into some Medicare business. And I noticed on the uh, podcast script today that there's some really good stuff here. Not that there isn't every time, but I, I'm really interested in the script today. So I'm going to say, let's move on and get something done here. Well, item number one, I know this is what's drawing your attention right now, is the beer discussion. I said we're going to be discussing beer. It's going to be a short discussion, but our buddy Steve from Texas uh, sent me a note. And in fact, he sent that note today. And he said, hi, let Randy know that I tried left-hand milk stout nitro. And it is, what do you think he's going to say about it? It is... I hope he's going to say it's a really nice brew uh, and it's a good alternative and maybe not even an alternative, just a nice accompaniment with Guinness if it's not there. Well, he wasn't that loquacious. He let Randy know that I tried left hand milk stout nitro and it is great. He likes it. Awesome. He likes it. Good. The nitro gives it a hint of a sweet taste. 
I recalled that Starbucks had a cold brew that they infused with nitro, and that gives it a hint of a sweet taste. So I don't know what um, nitro is. I assumed it was like just a funny name, you know, nitroglycerin. This is this is well. Uh, I can tell you what the story behind it is, Doug. Well, please do. If it's anything less than twenty minutes, then. Uh, okay, well, I'll give you the short story. It nitro stands for nitrogen. Okay, and and in most cases, uh, carbonated drinks are carbonated with carbon dioxide. Right. Okay, but in the case of nitro drinks, they are infused with nitrous, not nitrous oxide. <laughs> okay, that'd be a whole different. That'd be yeah. a whole different deal. That'd be a lot uh, more nitro- fun. Nitrogen uh-huh. and. The chemical reasons for that is that nitro the bubbles. Now I know we're we're getting way into the weeds here, but yeah. the bubbles that nitrogen creates in a drink are much, much, much smaller than carbon dioxide. Okay. So it gives it. That's what in the case of left hand milk stout. That's in the case of Guinness. All those types of nitrogenated dr- uh, drugs. What am I thinking about today? Well, all I mean- the drinks. All the nitrogenated drinks, that's why they are so smooth and so palatable is because the, the bubbles are so tiny, it it gives it an entirely different characteristic. All right. Well, let's uh, try to remember that. Um, if you have the opportunity, ladies and gentlemen, left-hand milk stout nitro is the version. They have non-nitro versions, right? Those, left-hand, left-hand milk stout I, was where we started, and then the nitro yeah. got added as a an alternative yeah i'm not a big okay left hand milk stout is a great is a great beer i'm i'm into nitro because i like guinness okay and there's there's actually some some versions of guinness that are not nitrogenated and people that don't understand beer don't understand that those are two are different so i'm i'm not people know me for liking guinness Uh and when i show up at their house they've got you know like an 18 wheeler full of guinness but Quite often, it's just the regular stuff, and it's uh, not my gig. I'll drink it to be. Uh, I'll drink it to be, you know, a nice guy, sociable. And, you know, sociable and not complaining. But that's not my gig. I want the nitrogen. No kidding. So the uh, the Guinness that you prefer is that easily available, or is it not? Uh, is it rare? Well, it's not rare, but you have to specifically go looking for it. It's uh, the the Guinness that I like for home consumption is Guinness in a can, and it's the nitro version. Okay. Uh, there and there's also Guinness in a bottle that's not nitro. Uh. But until you until somebody explains to you the difference, it's not going to make any sense to you. But if you go to a pub and you get you know like Guinness on draft, uh-huh. that's nitrogenated. There's does no it have there's its, no say. Does it have its own tank of nitrogen that? is uh yeah it's all it's all nitrogenated uh and that's you don't have to worry about that if you get guinness on draft it's nitro okay well all i know is that i enjoyed the guinness that i had at your house i didn't anticipate enjoying it i brought my own knife and fork i expected to have to use utensils to consume it and it turned out to be very very tasty so i thoroughly enjoyed that i don't know what role the nitrogen played in that but uh so anyway moving on we have sad, sad news, and this um, this is like a call to arms in my house because I am not going to put up with this. But uh, the headline on this article that I ran across is masks again recommended by officials in New York City and other major cities. 
And it says, with the triple-demic of COVID, flu, and RSV filling up hospitals. Now, that's what they said about COVID, and the hospitals never got filled up. Uh, anyway, they say here they're filling up hospitals and medical offices, health authorities in New York City, Washington, D.C., Los Angeles, and elsewhere. Notice what political party is in charge in all of these cities. Anyway, they're urging people to, again, break out the face coverings. Uh, the New York City Health Commissioner on Friday issued a health advisory urging, urging residents to mask up in public indoor and crowded outdoor settings. That was earlier in this. No, that was just last Friday. Um, and um, let's see, Rochelle Walensky, director of the CDC, noted this past week that the simultaneous combination of viruses has been straining healthcare systems across the country. The center's map that tracks COVID-19 community levels has been showing orange recently, a color indicating an area of high infection. I'll tell you something right now. Uh, masks don't work. So why do these people want you to mask up? Because they want to make sure that they can inf or they can exercise their authority over you and they can uh, uh, order you to do things even though they're completely worthless. Uh, the fact that you have complied with their wishes will indicate that they are the top dogs and you are nothing. So I will not be wearing a mask. I don't care what they try to do to force me to do that. Uh, in fact, here's a little uh, blurb. Uh, according to Fox News, Fauci acknowledges Americans have mandate fatigue. People don't like to be told what to do. In an interview with Fox 5 in New York, the nation's top infectious disease expert, not in my book, said that while he believes that future decisions about implementing restrictions should be left up to the discretion of local health authorities, he knows that people don't like being told what to do. Well, he spends so darn much time telling people what to do. Uh, I'm really surprised that he seems to understand that. I don't believe it for a minute. OSHA about to set permanent health worker rules on masks and COVID vaccines. You'd think that we'd finally grown away from this kind of stuff. The vaccines either don't work or they cause other medical problems in too many cases. And um, OSHA setting permanent health worker rules on masks, that sounds like a step back into the dark ages that we just had a couple of years ago. It says here, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration set a, sent a final version of the health worker safety regulations to the White House Budget Office for review. The draft version has already sparked controversy in the medical community. Uh, so uh, they have been working since last year on rules governing masks and vaccination requirements in hospitals. After putting out proposed standards and then gathering hundreds of comments from hospitals, clinicians, unions, and others, it sent a final version of the regulation to the White House Budget Office for review last week. So, uh, let's see, Axios, Biden's potential first veto. House Republicans may soon force President Biden to issue his first veto over a measure to terminate the national emergency declaration for COVID. It's about time that that got terminated because all that is is like an open door for um, Nazis to order everybody around, including wearing masks when you go out of your house. So uh, I would like to see that uh, that termination happen sooner rather than later. All righty, down to real business here. Um, one of my 
favorite correspondence. He's not a client of mine, but he is a guy who has made, uh, he's bought the book. He's, he's left a very nice customer review for the book. I've, um, I met him, I think about two or three years ago. And, um, he is uh, basically just a real nice guy who enjoys the podcast. And I haven't heard from him for a long time, but he sent an article in here that he thought the audience would enjoy hearing. Unfortunately, whoever wrote this headline uh, either listens to the podcast but doesn't uh, hasn't told us about it, or else uh, they stole Randy's line and they're trying to uh, uh, take it. This is a woman, Helene Olin, and she her headline is Medicare Advantage, more like Medicare Disadvantage. So I'm thinking she might have stolen that from Randy. Randy's going, oh no, don't steal my. Uh, I you know, should have. I should have copyrighted that. Too late now because this woman has stolen it from me, although she's very comely. And so uh, maybe it's not so bad that women like this are listening to your pontification. But anyway, so here's her article. When the annual enrollment period for Medicare ends on December 7th, analysts expect that for the first time more, and I'm going to say the word that she wrote, but I hate it, more seniors will receive their health care coverage from Medicare Advantage than from the traditional Medicare program. That's not a good thing for elderly Americans or for federal coffers. And while seniors are well advised to approach these plans with caution, we should all be paying attention to what's going on. Medicare Advantage plans, which are private insurance plans for seniors, they're paid for with federal dollars. They originated as a government savings strategy on the theory that the private sector could improve on government performance at a lower cost. But over the past two decades, it has become clear that Medicare Advantage does not result in improved care for less money. Instead, it will come as no surprise to Americans familiar with health insurance industry that insurers found a way to turn it into yet another profit center while putting bureaucratic roadblocks in the way of patients. The problems are so pronounced that representatives at Ro Khanna, we've heard about this guy from California, and Mark Pocan in Wisconsin, both advocates of Medicare for All. That's a bad idea. They uh, recently introduced, and I've mentioned this in a prior podcast, legislation that would ban private insurers from using the word Medicare in their names or in their advertisements. Medicare implies universal coverage. You can go to any doctor. You can get your claims reimbursed. Uh, you shouldn't be able to appropriate the trust and faith people have in Medicare to sell a private product for personal profit that doesn't have the same rules. And right now, I'm not sure I'm uh, simpatico with his uh, rationale because he is uh, on the other side of the uh, political spectrum for me. But I will say that, uh, as Randy pointed out one time, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So anybody who wants to hobble the progress that Medicare Advantage plans are making is going to be uh, my compadre because Medicare Advantage plans are not doing this country any good. So whatever rationale is used to fight them, I'm pretty much okay with. So to carry on with this article, um, insurers in Medicare Advantage are played a, paid a flat fee by the government based on the enrollee's health. These insurance companies often want their members to appear as ill as possible. 
at least as far as the feds are concerned. They might upcode in Dr. Speak, maximizing the amount of money they receive. The federal government calls that practice fraud and has sued several of the largest insurers in federal court for it, including Anthem and Cigna, in cases that are still ongoing. As a result, multiple studies have found that seniors on Medicare Advantage cost the government more than those in traditional uh, Medicare. Exactly the opposite of what is supposed to, to uh, or what was intended. The government advisory panel recently estimated that overpayment was $12 billion in 2020. This flood of money is fattening the bottom line of the health insurance giants, even as they're increasing pressure on the Medicare hospital insurance trust fund, which is projected to run out of funds uh, in 2026. I don't think that's exactly true. I think what happens is when the funds get low enough in 2026, they're going to start cutting back on their reimbursements. That's not going to be a good thing when the providers of medical care are uh, not able to be reimbursed properly. They're not going to perform their jobs, if at all, with uh, any sort of zeal or uh, uh, dedication. And we don't want that. We want these people to be highly motivated to uh, provide health insurance or health treatment for the rest of us uh, cheerfully and uh, with great skill. Anyway, Congress is loath to crack down thanks to the combined power of the health insurance lobbying and the program's popularity with cash-strapped seniors. Meanwhile, it's not like seniors are getting better care for the money the federal government is spending. In fact, it can be worse. A research brief posted on the National Bureau of Economic Research website found picking the right plan could literally be a matter of life and death for the Medicare participant. It's a widespread for Medicare Advantage plans to initially deny coverage for doctor-advised care. Randy and I went through this in great detail maybe a year, a year and a half ago. We learned that these Medicare Advantage plans turn down requests for treatment by specialists, and then when the very few people uh, appeal those decisions— they cave in and allow treatment, knowing that they've saved a whole bunch of money by all the people who have uh, one, uh, requested the, the uh, treatment and been turned down, and they just go away. They either pay for it out of pocket or they go without the treatment. So we are uh, familiar with that tactic that these Medicare Advantage plans are using to save money on the backs of their participants. So it says plans erect roadblocks to treatment by demanding prior authorization for services traditional Medicare covers without question. Plans can and sometimes do refuse to cover necessary prescription drugs. There are increasing complaints that private insurers rush patients patients out of skilled nursing and rehab facilities. So why do people sign up? Well, traditional Medicare is not simple. It's a complicated stew of different parts for hospitalization, for doctors, and for prescriptions. Seniors might feel that they have to purchase supplemental coverage known as Medigap. Well, yeah, they might because Medicare was never intended to be a be-all and end-all. Medicare supplement or Medigap is what I sell to my clients because it completely fills the gaps in Medicare. 
So anyway, um, this article says that Medigap helps cover the copays and deductibles that Medicare does not cover. Many Medicare Advantage plans eliminate or significantly reduce these out-of-pocket costs as long as beneficiaries stay within their approved network. The private policies also frequently offer vision and dental coverage, not to mention gym memberships. Jeez, you'd think I would have turned the phone off. Call from name unavailable. Hmm. I would ask Randy to take that out, but I know he's going to forget by the time editing for this episode comes around. So anyway, um, many Medicare Advantage plans eliminate or significantly reduce these out-of-pocket costs as long as beneficiaries stay within their approved network. The private policies also frequently offer vision and dental coverage, often kind of hokey vision and dental coverage, not to mention gym membership, something not on offer in Medicare itself. That's an awkwardly worded sentence. And also, what did we learn, Randy? Uh, When we watched Joe Namath, he offers to take us to our doctor appointments and take us to lunch and everything else. Lunch, free lunch, free doctor's appointments, you know, free toothbrushes. You got it. It's all free. A a cocktail on the way home, you know, stop off at a couple of bars. So uh, those are uh, attractive elements of Medicare Advantage plans. These extras have an appeal, but a streamlined plan that can set up or that can end up costing seniors more is no bargain. And Medicare Advantage sometimes relies on deceptive marketing to get them in the door. A report issued earlier this year by the Senate Finance Committee's Democratic majority found that unscrupulous insurance agents who are paid significantly more to sign up seniors for Medicare Advantage plans than for traditional offering will sometimes be misleading about the networks and the benefits. And they will even pursue seniors suffering from dementia. Ads featuring celebrities claim that the plans will put more money in the seniors' pockets. Medicare Advantage defenders are quick to point out that surveys show enrollees are more likely to receive such preventive health and wellness services as monitoring for high blood pressure than those with traditional programs. But it's usually when somebody gets seriously ill that Medicare Advantage's weaknesses become clear. What would the best, uh, what would be best would be to fix Medicare to make it more generous to enrollees and less generous to insurers. That's unlikely to happen, but we can at least insist on calling it out for what it is try Medicare disadvantage. That's what this author says that we should be calling it. Unfortunately, Randy came up with it before long ago, and now it's been stolen from him. And so he's he's going, yeah, I'll show her a thing or two if I ever find her. Well, I have now come up with a couple new names. You know, I'm, I'm always, I'm always thinking up names that will stick in people's memories you hit it out of the park with your uh, high deductible uh, name, your uh, high, high value. value plan. That's perfect. Yep. Well, here's two more possibilities, and I, I'm looking for people to write, Doug, and let me know which one of these you think is most likely to stick in your head. Fauci fatigue <laughs> or Pinocchio Medicare. No, no. What you what I mean by Pinocchio Medicare is if you're talking to a Medicare disadvantaged person, watch very carefully because over the course of that conversation, their nose will grow. 
Yeah, they can't help it. It's uh, it's endemic in the uh, once they sign up. I'm writing another chapter of the for the 2023 book about what your what to expect from your insurance agent. I haven't mentioned nose growing. Uh, I only have mentioned um, the good things that they should do. So maybe I could uh, spice that up a little bit. I don't know. Anyway, I think it's probably time for us to consider shutting everything down for today. We have. We have used our gas, our steam is out, so we need to bring it in for the air, you know, bring it into the, you know, the landing because our, I don't know if you heard it, but the landing gear is down and has been down for quite some time. So I, I didn't let, hear it, but I do want to thank Blaine Beeler again for, for yeah, the Medicare ab- Advantage article. That was excellent to, to submit. Absolutely. That. Thank you. And I want to thank our audience, as always, uh, you know, thank you for joining us today on the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. Without you, it wouldn't be nearly as much fun as we have. And we also enjoy, you know, a little bit of banter here and there. But bottom line is you are listening to one of the premier Medicare experts in the field, Doug Jones. And long story short is he likes to get email. So get out your pencil, send send him some email at dbj at mlmmailbag.com. Check out the website at medicareforthelazyman.com. Keep your eyeballs peeled for the new paperback. It's not out yet, but just keep your eyeballs peeled. The current one is the 2022 version with the green numbers. Mm-hmm. And the next one will be the 2023 version with the orange numbers. Now, I would right. like to point out, that green and orange are white make up what? I I have no idea, Randy. I'm, I'm not the really Irish, an artsy fartsy kind of guy. The Irish tricolor flag. Oh, no kidding. So that's yep. it. Now, tricolor implies that there are three colors. So what's the third color? White. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Uh, there then, you go. So I've inadvertently courted the Irishman in the audience. That's wonderful. Well, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. And obviously, you can get the audio. You can get the electronic Kindle version. And also, if you would, we're we're rolling into the end of the year. Help us out with a few good five-star ratings on the podcast because it, it helps out on the stats a lot. And long story short is we like to have good ratings because it lets other people know that it's a worthwhile podcast to listen to. So you have just spent, I guess what, about 32 and a half minutes with Doug Jones, the anti-insurance insurance guy from Oklahoma, now residing in his fortress of solitude in the high altitude mountains behind Cave Creek, Arizona. Bye-bye, everyone. <laughs>